Hello, and welcome to another episode of Doom to Bloom podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Adriana, who has over 10 years of experience working in the mental health field and has worked with various populations ranging from children to families to teenagers to adults and to the seriously mentally ill. She is now an entrepreneur and is going to speak to us about perspective and mental health. Hi, Adriana. Hi. Thank you so much for being a guest. Yeah, of course. Like, I'm really excited to be here. (laughs) I know we connected, feels like a long time ago. So I really appreciate you sticking around to uh, finally get to be here on your episode. Yeah. It's it's been a little bit, but we got there. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I've been following you um, for a while, and I get excited to hear every podcast that comes out. So I am more than honored to be here today. That's awesome. Th- well, thank you so much for being such a big supporter too. I, yeah, of course. I uh, I know that that's a not necessarily an easy topic to talk about, but hearing that people are listening and waiting for episodes to come out just gives me more of a kind of push to continue with it. So I appreciate that. And just before we get into the topic, I always like to ask where my guest is logging in from. I am in Tucson, Arizona in the United States. So I'm on the other side of you, um, very Southern um, United States, like on the border of Mexico and United States. Yeah. Okay, so a little far, a little far, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome that we're able to connect, you know, from being so far, but still making something like this happen. It's, it's awesome. It's exciting. It really is. And again, that's like, I just want to thank you again for connecting with the big giant web. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah, thank you. And Adriana, we're ready to hear your wisdom and knowledge when you're ready to share with us. Uh, Yeah. So um, like you said, I've been a mental health professional for over 10 years. Um, One of my first jobs was working as a parent visitation for kids who have been in the system through the government for the kids that get taken away. Um, And I remember having those very rough days where I just kind of wanted to to quit and go. And at that time I was like 21. Um, And at like two, three years later, I would see these families that got reunited and would see me in the street and be like, oh my gosh, hey, Miss Adriana, I remember you. Um, You made this happen. And they would all cry and have such an emotional, you know, moment. And it kind of brought joy to know that I was actually making a difference and those tough days that I had were actually worth it and were leading into something. Um, And in in those moments, I knew that I was in the right path and this was something that I really wanted to do, um, but was not really sure what I wanted to to do with it. Um, So after that, I transitioned through different agencies. At the age of 23, I had my first child. um, And Mind you, I grew up in a very Mexican household, very traditional, you know, very Catholic, traditional with parent, mom and dad and siblings and doing, you know, the traditional things. Um, And we never really talked about mental health. We never really discussed what mental health was, what depression looked like, anxiety or the important topics of like um, money 
um, or, you know, sexuality, any of those big topics that need to be discussed. Um, so when I was, when I worked as a parent aide, it gave me a little glimpse of the issues that families go through. But since I had never really experienced it, I really didn't understand it. And I just knew that it was tough on the kids and the parents. And I was trying to make an impact in their life as positive as I, I could. Um, and then I had my, 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 my firstborn and it was it was good um I felt a little bit sad at times I didn't understand the feeling because motherhood is supposed to be like the most happiest you know um moments um in life and I, di I didn't really understand that and then a few months later I got pregnant with my second one so they're apart one year in a month so I got pregnant when my older one was five months old Wow. Um, yeah, they were like back to back. And when I got pregnant with my second one, it was very confusing the feelings that I had. Um, I started feeling very sad and I started having all this unmotivation. Um, I, I didn't enjoy my pregnancy. It was just weird to me. Um, like I said, at that time, I wasn't fully aware of, of what was depression. Um, and then I had her and then I went into postpartum depression. And um, it was one of the darkest times of my life. I was in depression for about two, three years. At the beginning, I was like, oh, everybody kept telling me it was a baby blues. You know, it'll, it'll, it'll pass, give it a few months. A few months passed, and it continued to get worse. And I was in denial. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'll pass. You know, this is the happiest time. Like, the same women are supposed to love motherhood. Um, so it was one of the biggest denials that I had at the time, uh, not realizing what I was actually experiencing. Um, and then within a year, I was attempting to take my life and it just escalated from there. And thankfully, I had a very supportive husband um, that he kept pushing for me to be like, go to therapy, go get help, please go get help. But I had a, I had started to go to the university for, for psychology. And I was very like, oh, but, you know, it's trying to learn about mental health and all these things. And I'm like, how is that going to look on me? You know, kind of going to school about psychology and all these things. I should know this, you know, it was, it was, it was a big struggle for me to get over, um, to know that I was, you know, learning all these things and yet I couldn't manage them myself. It was very tough. And about a year, another year later, I, I decided to reach out for help. And at that, at that point, I was halfway through my bachelor's in psychology. Um, and I had a little bit of more understanding. And I was like, okay, maybe this is, this is something I should <laughs> really get checked. Um, and they they helped me. And the first question I said, I asked the counselor, the therapist was, I, 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 I'm going to school for psychology and I know I should know this, but I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't manage it by myself. I'm trying and I'm so sorry. And she was like, what? No, that's, that's wild. You're thinking that because everybody needs help. 
whether you're a professional or not a professional mom, a single person, whoever you are, everybody needs help at some point. And I remember that was like a turning point in my life that I was like, it kind of opened my eyes to, oh, you know, it's not that bad to be asking help for help when it's needed. It was, and then I, that after a few years of therapy and working on myself, um, I decided to go for my master's and start working on that and want to help people to not, to break the barriers and the stigma around asking for help when it's needed. And that's how Akina's Cup of Therapy came about. Long story short, (laughs) um, so that's how it all came about, um, wanting to build a space where anybody can reach out and, and not feel like they're being judged and have that safe space. And so how long have you been doing your own business? I just started this year. I started in March. Um, and the whole reason I started in March was because I, I literally have one year to be able to qualify to get my license as a counselor. So I'm like, okay, it'll give me a good year to start the business, get established and get, start building those connections. And how is that going so far for you? That seems like a, a a pretty big feat to me. (laughs) No, yeah, it's it, it's been a it's been a journey. Um, so this month, it's what seventh month in business, um, and I've I've really been you know dedicated to my business and wanting to build those connections. Um, and not not only for my business but also for myself um, because I'm a big believer that if you build those good connections, you know everything else is gonna fall in place. Um, so. It's been going good. I started my workshop series on on perspective. Um, and perspective is everything. And that's the whole reason why I started with perspective, building that base to understand how we view the world and how we think the, the world view us and how that impacts our mental health to start shifting that perspective into making long-term positive changes that we might be seeking that we know about or might not know about. And I've uh, completed the series because I like to do the workshops in series because mental health is so big that I cannot just have two hour workshop on depression and not go into more topics about it. Um, So this is a, a, a six week long series on perspective and I've done it three times, the whole series, one in the summer, um, one that I just finished and one that I just started. And I've been wanting to also reach out to the community that I came from in Nogales, Arizona. I, I grew up there and it's such a small town that I, I left to to go to the university in Tucson. It's not that far, it's 45 minutes, but I went back. I want to give back to my community. So I've been reaching out to the communities that... Um, that need those resources as well. And so let's talk about what perspective means for mental health and I guess your take on that. Yeah. So like I said, perspective is, is everything, right? Um, it's 
how we see the world, how we feel it, how we smell it, how we see others, um, and vice versa with, with the world to us. And if we're not able to make it, ha have our mind open to how we view the world and how we can kind of shift, oh, this is a negative experience to, oh, let me give it a try and see how we can see if it's as bad as it looks, right? Because a lot of times we make assumptions. And that's the other thing in my in my workshops, there was another thing that's like, isn't as assumption assumptions or perspective the same thing? It's like, well, we make assumptions based on our perspective, but assumptions mm, could be wrong in our perspective, how we are, like if we have a growth mindset, will give us the opportunity to not make those assumptions and try to go based off of that. But I'm sorry, did you have a question? I was just going to ask, how do you, maybe for lack of a better word, how do you teach perspective in your workshop? My uneducated opinion, I'll say, on perspective is that it's, kind of that mindset and a lot of people I think are stuck in believing what they believe and not thinking it's going to change I think that's called the fixed mindset right right yeah and, and and I get into um in in my series I think it's like the fourth week which which I talk about fixed mindset growth mindset and resilient mindset where we ultimately want to be um and and be able to say oh I'm able to do this to I know I'll be I'll 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 get there you know and have that resiliency mindset of it's going to be okay um so the way I teach perspective is I created this map the map of perspective and I start off with how do we view the world, right? And the example I give is we walk into a room. What's the first thing you do is you you see your surroundings. You start to see the people who's around you, what's happening, how does it smell, what temperature it is, do I feel comfortable, do I feel uncomfortable? So you start evaluating um, your surroundings and how you feel. And from there, you go into forming your thoughts. So you form that thought of, okay, I think it's not going to be too bad. It's fine. There's there's people I know here. So it kind of starts to form your feelings of how you feel being there. And from that forming those those feelings, you react to, to, the, to those feelings. So from that stepping into a room, analyzing your surroundings, forming your thoughts, forming your feelings is how you're going to act. Um, so that that's kind of the the workshop that I give and how it is important when it comes to mental health, because if we're not in a good mental health state, a lot of times, a lot of th everything is going to look negative and we're into that fixed mindset, like you said, and we want to start shifting that based on how we're, we're, we, we move in different situations. And so how do you teach or what are some techniques maybe that you use to support those that are in that fixed mindset to eventually work into more of that growth mindset. So in this, in this series, I have worked from literally just the first workshop being what is perspective. And I like to do a lot of activities so people can have that, that 
that impact or remember that activity that it was like, oh yeah, I remember that activity. It was very impactful. Um, and so I start, I, I give them a journal at the beginning and then we kind of record our process throughout the time. Um, and the, the first one is I, I give them a piece of paper. I give them words. I don't give them any instructions. I just tell them a sun. And everybody's always really confused. Like, what do you mean a sun? What do we do? <laughs> you know, because they're like, what, what is this? And they start looking around them like, oh, okay, there's paper, there's crayons, there's a pen. And then they kind of put it together. Right. And I just start telling them words. And then at the end of the of the, the activity or throughout the activity, I see them like talking to each other or looking at each other's paper. And then at the end of the activity, I'm like, okay, I'll give you guys like two minutes to share with each other what you guys did. And people start, I start noticing a lot, which is very interesting that some people start like, oh, maybe I didn't understand the instructions or maybe I didn't pay attention or that's weird because some people draw it, some people write it, some people write sentences and, you know, people get creative with their, the activity. And the point of it is just to let them know that, you know, everybody knows what the sun is what it looks like, everybody knows what a tree is, and all the words that I, I, I dictated, but we all see it very differently. And we make assumptions based on our surroundings and how we see the world or others doing. And a lot of our decisions get influenced by others based on who we are around and what, what everybody else is doing too, you know, and, and kind of that activity puts into perspective that and a lot of people are like oh I felt bad because I thought I was doing it wrong <laughs> and I'm like no nobody's perspective is wrong at all and so it's it's building that that base block for them to understand that right and then we move on to to the different ones until we get to that it's the fourth one is the fixed growth and resilient mindset to at that point we get a the base understanding and at that point is when people start coming in with a more open mind to the to the to the idea of coming into okay so the one before that is we we set goals we set goals for the when the sixth topic comes they're able to commit to that change so we set goals so the next one is the growth fixed and mindset and then we work on like okay so what's keeping you guys uh, from completing this this goals you know and we talk about obstacles and how sometimes our mental health can be an obstacle to getting to our goals and we we do an activity on how can we work through those obstacles how can we troubleshoot and find solutions? And how can we implement that? Not only in this situation, if you're able to implement that in this situation, then you're able to implement it everywhere else. Um, but yeah. And is this workshop free or is it? Is there a fee to it? Um, I have done it free um, when I started. 
Um, then I was charging $15 per person. And then I'm currently doing it in Nogales uh, where I'm doing donations because I this is the first time I go down there and, and present my workshop. So I want people to, to come and get to know me. So it all depends on the on the space I'm in, but preferably in the future, I would like to give it for free if I'm able to get funding and be able to just give it to everybody. But as of right now, I don't have a permanent space. So I have gotten multiple requests. I got, I did one at a restaurant that I partnered with. I did one at a church. Um, they requested to have the workshop there. And then I am doing the other one through the Chamber of Commerce in Novales. So it, it every setting has been very different. That's incredible. Have you ever thought of doing a in-person? Or sorry, not uh, an in-person, virtual. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had not. I had not done that. Um, I'm not sure why I had not considered it. It's a good point you bring up. <laughs> Dig into your perspective on that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely will. <laughs> but I think you could reach a relatively wide audience virtually. And, you know, all the people that aren't close to your, where you live or your home city, then you just continue to expand and give back to the community that much more. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm going to add that to my list um, because I have big plans for next coming year. And I think that's that that could be a, a good one to add. Yay. Well, I'm excited to see where it goes in the next year. Yeah, thank you. I, there's there's a lot of big plans for Aquinas Cava Therapy. I'm really wanting to support as many people as I can. Um, one of the big plans is uh, opening a coffee shop, coffee cart. I don't know which one comes first, uh, whichever comes first. <laughs> and the whole idea is it's going to be mental health focused. And um, the my theory is that if I'm able to uh, provide mental health, not in the traditional way, take a different approach to it and make an everyday thing, right, that everybody goes for their coffee, their tea, their, oh, I don't know, juice refresher whatever it is they want to go get um and they just walk into a place that just has mental health messages an environment of belonging of acceptance no judgment they're able to either take something with them ask for help or feel like they want to come back to just have that safe space so that's in the works definitely wow um, can you open one up here in Canada too? <laughs> so I can get the benefits of that. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Hopefully, hopefully in the, in the next few years. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll wait for those, <laughs> those few updated. years. <laughs> and I'm going to take a couple steps back, Adriana. You okay. had mentioned earlier on in our conversation that you are Mexican background. Is that right? Yes. So, I find it really fascinating how different cultures and backgrounds view mental health and addiction or not even view it or talk about it at all. And it sounds like in your case that there's 
really no conversation that your family had had with you? Right. Growing up was, was I, it was like a taboo. Like we couldn't talk about, um, you know, sexuality because you're a girl, you're a girl, you know, there's no, there's no conversation to be had. Um, so, and then, you know, and, and, in my experience, um, growing up religious, it was it was also another barrier to talking about any issues that might have been happening. But of course, it comes. I I've had this discussion in one of my um, my workshops. It, it was very interesting because I was telling somebody uh, I was giving an example of my grieving process, uh, when I lost my best friend and, you know, I, how two different minds, I had my mom and my dad. And I remember my mom being like, Oh, and I I couldn't stop crying. And my mom being like, it's okay. Cry it out, you know, cry it out. And my dad being like, stop crying. Like you're not letting her rest. And that's a big thing in like the Mexican culture is like you 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 need to stop crying to to make sure that that person that passed away is able to rest in peace um and it was two very conflicting things in me because I'm like I know how I grew up and I know my culture and I know my traditions and I should stop crying but if I cry it out my professional counselor side was like if you cry it out you're gonna feel better and it's a way for you to distress and you know feel your feelings and it was very conflicting to kind of process that Um, but as I started getting into counseling into psychology and I started talking to my mom more about it, um, she's actually been my number one supporter. She's been one that has been in every single workshop. She doesn't not miss one. That's incredible. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And she has, she has been one of the person, one of the people that I've seen grow and have been able to start building that growth mindset she started seeing situations differently and now that I see her with my kids and the way she talks to them about mental health and the issues they might be going through I it's beautiful to see that transformation how long do you think it took to see that transformation in your mom um I think since I, I started in my whole mental health journey with me going to school, it took me 10 years to get my bachelor's. And um, I remember her being like, no, you can't, you're not going to be able to finish it because you have the kids and you're struggling and all those other things that could have been a barrier for me to finish school. But I, I, I loved it. And I was like, I know this is my, my, my passion. And I know this is what I'm meant to be doing. Um, So I ended up graduating exactly 10 years. And after that, I, I didn't think about it twice. I signed up for my master's. And then that's when she started realizing like, oh, wow. Okay. She's serious. And I'm the first generation of, of university graduate. I'm the first generation of building a business, of getting out of my comfort zone and doing something different. So I think that's also another thing that kind of motivated her because she always wanted her own business, but never really, you know, accomplished that. So she has, she has been a big supporter of my business and I'm forever thankful. And has it changed your father's perspective at all? 
or anybody else in your like immediate family? My, my dad is very supportive too, but he is very, um, quote unquote, old school. Um, he's still very traditional. Um, he, he thinks that, you know, oh, you know, he says like, why, why are you sad about it? just, just go clean and you'll be fine. You know, <laughs> if only that's how it worked. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. He, he always like makes those like comments and I know he means well, and I understand completely understand where he comes from and his background and, uh, you know, all those things. And I, he shows up to my workshops and I'm just thankful that he's there. And I'm like, if you're able to take something, take something. If you're just here for the coffee, I'm, I'm glad you're here, you know, <laughs> uh, but they're both very supportive. And is your husband of the same culture as you? Yes. Uh, he definitely grew up, um, he grew up in 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 Tijuana, Mexico, uh, but he's he's his mom and family are from Peru, and then but he was born in in San Diego, so his situation is a little bit more mixed. <laughs> but but yeah, he he understands. I was gonna ask, has he ever had conversations with you about mental health when you were struggling postpartum and? When he was growing up, it sounds obviously way different than yours, but did he ever get the conversations of sexuality and um, like typical conversations? Yeah. Upon, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, I, I tell him, like, you should be the counselor. <laughs> um, he has always been very supportive. Um, when I was experiencing postpartum depression, um, he was very like, hey, I, I don't think you're okay. And I was the one that was like, no, I'll be fine. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and he would, we would have very deep conversations about how I was feeling. And I didn't even realize it. <laughs> I was like, you should become a therapist. Uh, you understand. Um, and he, he always, and when we had the girls, because we have two girls, um, he was like, I want to be part of the conversations with the girls in every aspect when it comes to them, you know, getting their first period and talking to them about, you know, their body changes and when they have a boyfriend and I, he's like, I want to be very involved in this process. And I, I cannot be more thankful. Oh, that's so sweet. I yeah. often, I often don't hear that type of support from husbands typically. So I'm really thankful that you do have that support. It's really refreshing, I guess, to hear that. Yeah. I don't know how he's dealt with me for so long, <laughs> um, but, but he has been a great dad and a great husband and he supports me unconditionally. He's, he's actually my tech guy. Like he takes the computer, this, the projector, he makes sure I'm well set up for my workshops. So I, I'm definitely more than thankful. That's awesome. And are you in conversations with your children about mental health or will you be once they get to that age to, to understand those topics? Uh, yeah, we, we're always discussing, um, 
mental health that that of course for me is is huge for them to know that they have an open door with us and they can talk to us about anything that comes up and every day is you know they're right now they're eight and nine so they are a little bit older to start understanding um what's going on um around them and within them so we do talk to them about when they're they're mad we ask them to take a breather and then reflect on what's making them mad. So if it's one of us, we can work as a unit. We can work as a family because if, if somebody's mad, then there was, there's a reason why and we need to fix that um, and work on it. And, and we really try to work with them in understanding that, that we're not perfect only because we're the parents, that doesn't mean we're perfect and we're not going to make mistakes and we're not going to get mad. So we, we let them know that everybody in our house is able to talk about any issues they have and we will work on it as a unit. I think we need to acknowledge that for a minute, Adriana, because it sounds like you're breaking a generational cycle right there. Yeah, it's, it's been... And that's huge. Yeah, it's been, it's been hard because I get judged a lot by my mom because you're, she's like, oh, you're too nice on your kids. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I am trying to break that cycle. Definitely. So thank you. And it also, it also goes back to the conversation of, well, maybe we haven't necessarily outright had this, but where there's a lot of judgment and just how people parent right Mm -hmm. and it that also affects mental health and the children's mental health and anybody in that family unit so I think it's I just I'm really happy to hear that you're you're breaking that cycle yeah and when I had my firstborn it was it was really rough because of course my mom wanted to step in and tell me how to do things and how to how to manage my family and I remember we had this big argument and I told her no like you had your time let me have my time I'm the mom I'm experiencing this I got this. And I remember she got so upset. She stopped talking to me for, I want to say like three months. <laughs> oh, wow. And yeah. And, and after that, we came together and I told her, like, I appreciate it. And I know it comes from the best part of your heart. But you have to realize that these are my kids. Like, you took care, you took care of us. I want to take care of my own kids and teach them um, my way and hopefully... I don't mess them up, but that'll be on me, <laughs> you know? And was she receptive to that or did she still give pushback? Uh, she, she was, because I was, I was 23. So she was, she gave pushback. She was like, you're too young. You might not understand. You're the first time mom. Like, I'm just trying to help you. And I was like, I, I fully understand that. But I, I need to do this by myself. You know, I love the support. And, and ever since she kind of backed off and then we've had those conversations throughout the years, you know, having those conversations. And now that we're a little bit closer because of the workshop and the business and her supporting me and all these things, we're able to have those conversations now that she, she has shifted her perspective a little bit more. And, and she's like, you know what, I'm really glad because 
you're doing an amazing job and now I'm able to see you guys, you know, come visit and enjoy you guys' visit instead of me taking on that responsibility. And I'm like, yeah, and fully understand, again, cultural tradition, but that also had to be broken. Wow. Well, I hope you're really proud of yourself, Adriana, for, for breaking those generational cycles. I know it doesn't, in general maybe seem like it or feel like it at the time but when your children have children they will more than likely take on what you're teaching them rather than what you were taught yeah so thank you I appreciate it's that. it's huge in the the world of mental health as you know with your masters yeah yeah breaking those 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 generational Traumas can be very, very tough, but not impossible, definitely. Well, you're proof of that, too. Thank you. You've you've done that. (laughs) (laughs) When you mentioned that you wanted to do this workshop in your hometown city, is that mostly because of the culture there, also experiencing how you grew up, or is there a different reason for that? Yeah, um, I I grew up like I said. It's a it's a really small town, it's the kind of town that you know everybody knows each other. And um, but yeah, there's not a lot of mental health awareness in that area. There's not a lot of therapists. There's not a lot of resources, and the, there is some. I'm not gonna say there's not but there is some but they're all third party where they come like maybe once a month twice a month then they go then they get a different person sort of thing um so i i know it can be challenging i know that going into it i'm like i know it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard to try and motivate people to to join me in my in my um what is it? My, my journey, my business. Um, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna be impossible. I'm really motivated to get down there and try and bring a different perspective into life. That's incredible. And such a big, but needed goal to have, which I think is incredible. And you're working on changing the lives around you, which is a feat in itself as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, when I when I mentioned it, I got a lot of faces like, ooh, <laughs> you know, like, ah, good luck. But I was like, no, I know there's amazing people down there that are, are going to be open to the idea of wanting to change those generational traumas too. Maybe they just don't know it yet. Yeah, and then I'm here. <laughs> I'm just going to show up. <laughs> And then maybe they will have no choice but to listen. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Just corner them all in a room. (laughs) You have to sit and listen to this. (laughs) Yeah. And Adriana, where can listeners find you? Where can we follow along on your journey when we can find out where the cafe opens and workshops get launched and all the new things? Yeah, so I'm big on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm pretty much public. I don't really have anything private. I'm very open about everything that I'm doing and I'm working on. 
Um, so I try to post as often as I can on Facebook, Instagram. I do have my website. I'm currently working on it. It's not fully there yet, but <laughs> also that's where I'm going to start posting all the resources and I'm going to put just a page on updates on my coffee cart, hopefully happening soon and keep everybody updated. So I'd appreciate the support. Amazing. Well, I know I already follow you on all the socials that I have to follow you. So (laughs) I look forward to continuing to watch your journey and see where it takes you. And just before we end this incredible conversation, Adriana, is there any words of wisdom, words of support, um, words of advice or anything that pops to mind as I'm asking this, whether it be somebody that might have struggled in the past or somebody maybe from the same culture as you who also understands the part where you're coming from. Is there anything that comes up for you when I ask that? Yeah, I just want you want people to know that they're not alone. You know, it's it could be very isolating when we're going through mental health struggles. It can feel like nobody understands and, and knows what we're going through. But you're not alone. There's always somebody that is able to support you through your journey. And know that if I was able to do it, everybody's able to do it. It's a little bit cheesy, but it's true. You know, we're, if we come together as a community and we have more of an open mind to supporting each other versus competing with each other, we'll find more of that, you know, support and know that there's always somebody out there. That's incredible. And do you, I guess, have any final last thoughts about just mental health in general? Yeah, I mean, mental health is, is, we're in a crisis, as you know, and just be nice to each other and, you know, find the resources that are out there. Reach out to me. I'm, I'm always open to finding resources and supporting anybody who um, is struggling. So let's work together and, and, and help out with this crisis that we have going on. Amazing. Well, thank you again, Adriana, for guesting and for breaking the generational cycles and for just doing the work that you do. As you know, it's very needed and it's very important in in society, but especially in today's day and age. So I wanted to thank you for all of those. And again, thank you for being a guest. No, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm more than honored to be here. And thank you for giving me the space to be able to <laughs> go on my rant. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a lovely rant. So don't feel, <laughs> don't feel it wasn't. And also I wanted to thank you again, Adriana, because you are one of my like original number one hype squad from like <laughs> the very beginning. So I really do appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Continue doing the amazing work you're doing and raising awareness in all topics and maybe one day there'll be a collaboration between us yes let's do it that'd be cool (laughs) well to you adriana and to the listeners i'm sending you lots of love and lots of light